arrival of Christ Jesus, who will come again, just as he came as a baby born in Bethlehem. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm, and just a few announcements this morning. We welcome all who join us for the worship today, those who have joined us for our drive-in radio broadcast, as well as those who worship with us by Facebook Live, by phone-in, and by streaming. Please note that this Wednesday, December 16th, our pre-ordered scalp potato takeout dinner and the ready pickup will be ready from 4 until 7 p.m. We thank everyone for your support of that. As we look ahead to Christmas, please note our worship schedule on Christmas Eve, December 24th, at 3 o'clock for phone-in and streaming, and then at 4 o'clock for our drive-in radio service and Facebook Live. Please note those of you who are coming to the drive-in service, we invite you to bring your own candle and lighter. And also, Youth in Christ are preparing Christmas luminaries to honor loved ones at our 4 o'clock service. And please note the luminaries will be outside on the east side of the church facing the parking lot for the 4 p.m. service. And luminary order forms are available today or in your recent newsletter. Forms are due on December 20th. I'd like to uh, make you aware, too, that a call committee has been elected by our church council sending our congregation pastoral leadership gifts needed to serve God's mission. And they will be working on a ministry site profile, which will be articulating the unique mission of our congregation. And also they will be examining qualifications of prospective pastors and interviewing those who are candidates and giving recommendation for a call to the congregation. And the congregation will vote, of course, on that call. We'll be remembering the call committee in our prayers today. Please keep the call committee in your prayers in the weeks ahead during this call process. And we remember in prayer today also the family and loved ones of Roger Miller. Roger Miller died on Friday. The service for Roger Miller will take place later, at a later time, following the COVID pandemic, probably later in the spring. So we pray for the family today, for their comfort and for their peace. On this third Sunday of Advent, we hear John the Baptist describe Jesus as the light. This Sunday and every Sunday celebrates the presence of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. This particular Sunday of Advent, the third Sunday, is called Rejoice Sunday and celebrates how Christ stands with us in the power of the Holy Spirit to bring the light into every dark corner of waiting. St. Paul and the words of the hymn call us to rejoice even now during our waiting. Rejoice, rejoice, believers, and let your lights appear. And so it is that we enter worship today in the light of Christ, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, welcome to worship as beloved people of God. I invite you to join now 
as we confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another and hear God's promise of forgiveness. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a call and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our Advent wreath has been lit already. Thank you, Blake, for doing that. And so our Advent wreath lighting prayer, responsive prayer, people of God, return. You are called to be God's own. From the mountains announce the good news. God comes in justice and peace to all who follow his ways. You are God's children. Lord, make us one in the peace of Christ today and always. Amen. Our psalm of praise today from Psalm number 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, then were we like those who dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad indeed. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses of the Negev. Those who sowed with tears will reap with songs of joy. And those who go out weeping, carrying the seed, will come again with joy, shouldering their sheaves. Let us pray. Stir up the wills of your faith, lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Either we're going to use this, the reading from 1 Thessalonians 5th chapter. Paul writes, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. He will do this. Here ends the reading. In our gospel reading today from John, the first chapter, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. 
This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed, did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. This is the gospel of the Lord. During Advent, the days grow shorter. With each Advent day, the light becomes less and less. Daylight shrinks. In a little over one week from now, we will reach winter solstice, when the sun will be at its greatest distance from the celestial equator. What do we do with all the darkness? On the whole, our part of the world is darkness by plugging in more and more lights, artificial lights. As people of faith, use light in our church during this Advent time leading up to Christmas. We light one candle after another on the Advent wreath. One candle at a time, the light increases gradually, candle by candle, week by week. As the days grow darker and colder, we light another candle. But we don't light them all, not yet. Not until the true light has come. Today, on this third Sunday of Advent, we light this pink rose-colored candle. This is Gaudete Sunday, Rejoice Sunday. And as people of faith, we wait for the true light, and we join John the Baptist, and we tell the truth. I am not the light. We are not the light. But the light is coming. We are here to point to the light that is coming, the true light, Jesus Christ. And we are here to reflect that light. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Our reading from 1 Thessalonians that we heard just a few minutes ago was written by St. Paul to a congregation waiting for Jesus Christ to return in glory and bring a final fulfillment to the kingdom. But waiting was not easy for the church in Thessalonica. The darkness of the world was pressing upon them. People in the congregation continued to be dominated by forceful, violent rulers and degrading social systems. 
The Roman Empire was an oppressive, death-dealing regime. People in the congregation at Thessalonica were subject to common human vulnerabilities, not only those imposed by the empire, but also in death. They had hoped that Jesus would return sooner before they suffered all of these losses. How do you wait for the return of the Lord and point to the light when so much seems dark? We might be asking that kind of question today as God's people. The way we experience life. I find meaningful a poem by Thomas Merton. Silence is our ministry. Helplessness, our tongue-tied sermon. We are exiled, living as listeners, with hearts attending to skies we cannot understand, waiting upon the first far drums of Christ the Conqueror, planted like sentinels upon the world's frontier. Waiting upon the first far drums of Christ the Conqueror, planted like sentinels upon the world's frontier. Really an analogy, I think, consistent with Paul's appeal in his letter to the church at Thessalonica, to live their lives actively waiting for the Lord Jesus, who is on the way. And this way of life that Paul proposes is in experiencing in relationship with the world. This tension with the world was foreshadowed before the birth of Jesus by his own mother. Mary, you will remember her words. We know it as the Magnificat. Mary came upon her visit to Elizabeth, who herself was pregnant, with John, who would become John the Baptist. And when the child in her womb leaped for joy at hearing Mary's greeting, Mary, the Blessed One, And Mary, pregnant and expecting the baby Jesus, responded, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. The tension, we can just feel it in those words. The tension with the ways of the world becomes a lived reality in the birth and life and death and resurrection of that Jesus is king and Herod is not, that the kingdom coming in Jesus will be the overwhelming power in the end. As Mary's song sings out, the lowly will be lifted up, the hungry will be fed. Jesus' life will move in a different direction than the world's standard political power politics. The first century was not so different than the 21st century. We are familiar with a payback culture, which is all about maintaining 
one's power and prestige and position, where everyone is out for himself or herself. Jesus' life was and our lives as followers of Jesus become an alternative way of life. It goes against the grain of a self-centered and self-serving world. That is why St. Paul appeals to the congregation at Thessalonica, to the light of the world, Jesus Christ, in how they live. And so Paul wrote, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. By naming these qualities, Paul was really naming the work of the Holy Spirit. Because it is the Holy Spirit's work that awakens rejoicing and praying and thanksgiving in our lives and in the lives of all who follow Jesus, all who wait, even in dark times, all who are waiting upon the first far drums of Christ the Conqueror, all who are planted like sentinels upon the world's frontier. I think one of the hardest things about waiting for the Lord now in the world today and pointing to the light is doing it in the midst of this divisionist culture that we live in, where we have been so polarized, where labels are used to divide and dismiss and distance from those who differ. Progressive versus conservative, left versus right, socialist versus capitalist, and you can add all kinds of other labels, I'm sure. I find myself wrestling with this divide, wrestling at times with these adversarial kinds of thoughts, too, especially as it impacts my relationships with family and friends, neighbors. How do I wait for the Lord? How do I point to the light? How do you wait for the Lord? How do you, I love my neighbor when my neighbor has been identified in it as an adversary? How do you love your neighbor when your neighbor has been identified as an adversary? And maybe even more difficult, how do you love when you are identified as the enemy, or at least perceived to be that adversary? I recently finished reading a biography about Howard Thurman, pastor and teacher who was spiritual leader in our country, especially in the 50s and 60s, at a time of great social unrest and division in our communities. When he was at Boston University in a message he gave at Marsh Chapel, he spoke about not being overcome by evil. The key, Thurman said, to not be overcome by hate, not to develop a hate or bitterness toward those things that sought to destroy you, because then they had given to you the work of destroying yourself. Thurman gave an example from Tolstoy, a little picture example about a sudden shocking encounter with a bear who, when pinned down by a ferocious bear, looked up his jaws and saw above and beyond the bear a beautiful blue sky and thought, what a beautiful blue. So it is, when fighting against evil or fear, the minute it overwhelmed a person and got inside that person, then it had won. And when I hate, as an answer to hatred, he asked, what happened? 
something worse than the evil that I fight against begins to take place inside of me. The disintegration of my own soul so that inside of me I begin to go to pieces. Inside I begin to disintegrate. And then I become what I fight against. And evil has won. And my soul has lost. To overcome evil with good was what Thurman advised. And this, he concluded, was what would redeem the world. This is the radical nature, the redeeming force that we hear in Paul's appeal in his letter to the church at Thessalonica. Do not repay evil for evil. Abstain, he wrote, from every form of evil. May the God of peace sanctify you entirely, Paul wrote. God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has entered our lives and is working in us, shaping us, even in dark days. We are to be like sentinels upon the world's frontier, waiting for, looking for, reflecting that first light of Christ the Conqueror who is on his way. Jesus Christ is coming. So, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Do good to all. Christ is faithful. Jesus Christ is coming soon. Amen. And so let us affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On a third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, for all people according to their needs. O oh God, when darkness surrounds us and evil seems to have its way, help us to hold fast to what is good. Strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit to rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. Help us to reflect the light of Christ, overcoming every evil with good. Grant us a vision for seeing what is good and right and true in every relationship with all of our neighbors and give us strength to do just that. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Oh God, we give you thanks for the members of the call committee here at United Lutheran Church. We ask your blessing on Carol, Alyssa, Tyler, Roger, Amy, Sue, Heidi, May your Holy Spirit guide them as they discern 
who you are calling to be next pastor for United Lutheran Church. Give them a joyful and listening spirit as they begin their important ministry on behalf of our congregation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, grant your grace and mercy to all who find this to be a very dark and challenging season and have little to celebrate. We pray for the homeless, for the unemployed, for the hungry. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Teach us, O oh God, how to love those with whom we differ. Show us the way to end petty divisions, discrimination, prejudice. May political parties in our country find common ground for creating policies that care for your people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O oh God, you come to the aid of your people. Be with us in the midst of this coronavirus as it continues to spread. Heal those who are sick. Protect families and friends from being infected. Support health care workers. Give continuing success to those who are developing vaccines and distributing them. We pray for all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit this day. We ask for healing for those from our community, Colleen, Songhee, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Sandy, Perry, Sally, Bud, Gary, Adele, John, and those we named before you. Grant them your healing grace. And we remember all who grieve the loss of loved ones today, especially the family and loved ones of Roger Miller. Comfort them and bring them hope in this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Risen Lord Jesus Christ, you went ahead of us into the grave. You defeated the powers of sin and death and the evil one. We remember all those who have died, especially those most dear to us. Inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope. Of that day, we'll be reunited with those who have gone before us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And now we pray the prayer you taught us, Lord Jesus. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We give thanks for all of God's gifts in our lives, especially we give thanks for your generosity, the generosity that you show here through the ministry of United Lutheran Church, and the generosity you show in the community as well. Thank you for your gifts and for the stewardship of all the gifts that God has entrusted to you. May God bless you. Let us pray the offering prayer. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. 
Through your goodness, you have blessed us with abundant gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in our offerings given in thanksgiving to you to serve you in this world as a sign of your merciful love and grace through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God. Blessings on your day.